Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. Uh, we're located off of Highway 316. Uh, not to mention, there's some really cool 316 verses in the Bible. Uh, if you are local and you know uh, where I'm talking of, uh, outside of Athens, heading back towards Lawrenceville, uh, the Winder, Bold Springs, Bethlehem, Auburn, Carl kind of area, uh, if that rings a bell at all, uh, come be my guest one Sunday morning, especially if you don't have a good church, good Bible teaching church. Our service begins promptly at 10.30 a.m. If, let's say you're listening on the radio or the podcast, you're not local, uh, no worries. Uh, I encourage you to find a church to plug into, a church that teaches the Bible. Uh, if you can't find a church that teaches the Bible, I still encourage you to find a church to plug into, develop some community uh, to support a local ministry. And then you can join us or you can watch our service online. Uh, Calvary316.tv is the easiest way to find out all the information about the church. Our media hub, which doubles as kind of an archive, is at c316.tv. And if on Sunday morning you'd like to watch our live stream, uh, you can do so at facebook.com slash calvary316 or calvary316.live. That's a quick link to our YouTube channel. I do hope wherever you're listening or however you're listening, again, if you're listening on the radio, we welcome you. If you're listening on the podcast, every episode of the radio show is podcasted, Apple, Google, Spotify, we welcome you as well. Or maybe you happen to be watching the live stream of the recording of the Outlaw Radio Show. So however you're listening or watching, however you're engaging or connecting, we're glad that you're with us. We wouldn't have much of a show without an audience, and so we're very appreciative uh, that you tune in, that you listen weekly. Uh, I hope that you stay with me over the next hour as we do what we always attempt to do, try to do, desire to do, and that is to deconstruct the negative perception that the world has of Christians uh, by boldly discussing today's relevant topics in an honest, genuine, and, and we hope to be biblical way. I am joined today by my sidekick, partner in crime, uh, Creighton Vaughn. Creighton, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. How you doing? Uh, very quickly, if you could just kind of let the audience know the benefit, especially if they're listening on the radio or they're listening on the podcast, kind of uh, what makes the live stream. Again, it's uh, we stream on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the radio outlaw. We also stream on our YouTube channel, uh, which the easiest way to find it is outlawradio.live. But kind of explain to those that might be listening uh, what makes the live stream a recording of what they're he hearing right now uh, kind of so much fun. Uh, well, first and foremost, you get to see our beautiful faces and my very freshly shaved head. Not a huge um, <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, uh, we have comment sections that I'm in constantly. Um, so if you have comments or concerns or questions about something that I've said or something that Zach has said, you can post it and I'll see it, hopefully. Um, no, I'll see it. That's literally what I do. Um, that's really what your job is at the moment. Yeah. So I'll see it. Um, and then we can respond to it. Um, if it's a short question, we can respond to it like either in the gap between blocks, um, or we might even make a whole episode out of it. If it's a really good question that needs, you know, extended expl explanation. So if, if you're listening on the radio, just, uh, kind of Pulling back the curtain just a little bit, uh, we record four blocks of audio. This is a pre-recorded show. It is not live. Uh, we record four blocks of audio, and then we send them to His Productions, who produces it, uh, into the format of what you're listening to. We then take two audio files, put them into one, 
release that as the podcast. And so when Creighton mentions that between the blocks of audio, there's additional conversation, uh, that's what he's referring to. Just kind of the way that we record the show, uh, the way that it's formatted, gives us room in the live stream, in a live format, uh, to be able to, to talk about uh, the episode, to take questions, uh, to build upon ideas. Uh, it's really a lot of fun. So I encourage you, 8 o'clock every Wednesday night um, is the time that we have set aside that we live stream. Uh, the recording of what you're listening to. And so again, uh, regardless if, if, if you're watching or listening, we do uh, welcome you. We're so glad that you're with us. Um, I, I want to I kind of, in, in a way, lead in to today's episode, uh, just kind of speak personally about a recent series that I am uh, at, at the end of wrapping up. Again, at Calvary 316, we are Calvary Chapel Church. Uh, what that means distinctively is that kind of our, our heart is to simply teach God's Word simply. Uh, we teach books of the Bible. There's not a uh, political expose. There's not uh, uh, politics or rants or topics um, that I just kind of pick and choose what I'm going to talk about on a Sunday morning. That's, that's really not uh, how we go about it, not a knock on those that do. That's just not our calling. Our calling is to, again, simply teach God's Word simply. We believe in teaching the whole counsel of God. We believe in teaching... Uh, the Bible, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. It was interesting. Uh, the other day, Creighton, I was at the ballpark. Uh, my son Quincy plays travel baseball. Oh, really? And so we were at uh, the ballpark. It was actually very early on a Sunday morning. I took Quincy. Uh, I could only stay for a little while before I had to get to church. And then Quincy and his mom ended up getting there for the service. I just have to be there earlier. And uh, I was standing there. It was it was early, brisk. It was in the morning, early Sunday morning, and, and I was standing there, and one of the other dads, kind of a good old boy, good guy, and not a believer, I don't think, uh, but he, he was like, so pastor, are you doing one of those live streams this morning, one of those pre-recorded sermons, uh, so that you could be at the game? And I was like, no, 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 no I actually have to get to the church. Uh, we're, not, we're not doing any of that uh, this morning. And he goes, well, pastor, what are, you, what are you preaching on this morning? I said, well, I'm actually preaching on the end of the book, like, the Bible, like the last, I mean, the last couple chapters of the book of Revelation, which is at the very end of the Bible. And uh, he goes, well, why in the world are you there? And I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I've been teaching through the book of Revelation, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. It's kind of what we do. Um, and uh, that just happens to be where I am. I, I'm at the end of the book of Revelation. Um, I've been there for 30 weeks. So this is just how the Lord kind of set that up. And he was like, well, what, what will you do? Uh, when you're done with Revelation, I was like, well, well, we'll pick another book of the Bible as the Lord leads, and we'll do the same thing. We'll start with chapter 1, verse 1, and we'll work our way through the end of the book, and then we'll pick another book, and we'll keep doing that until we've taught through all 66 books, and by that point, I, I anticipate being dead, um, <laughs> which is about at the pace that I'm going. So I, I don't really uh, have a lot of plans of teaching through the Bible more than once. Uh, my goal, at least initially, is just to get through it once and I'll feel really good about things. But he made the comment, and I found this to be so insightful and very refreshing. It's why I kind of bring it up. As he goes, man, doing that, like, uh, like you really can't skip anything. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, he goes, well, you know, so there's like some real hard, hard, hard things that are said in the Bible. So, you know, some really rough concepts, you know, don't exactly, uh, you know, our culture doesn't really have a palate for and uh, if you're doing if you're doing it the way you're doing it, it's real hard to just skip those things like a lot of churches do. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, that's you're absolutely right. 
And uh, it is it is not just difficult, it is impossible. Um, at the same time, if you believe that all Scripture is inspired, the inspired Word of, word of God, and that is for our edification, uh, then it's in, that it's important that things, even difficult things, uh, get addressed and get discussed and get unpacked um, in a very thoughtful way. And so, you know, I, I, I hope he will come to church one day. I'm not, I'm not sure if he will or won't. But I've been in the book of Revelation, and it's, it's been a, a very edifying series. Again, 30 weeks in this book. I didn't go into this particular series excited. I know that might that might come across antithetical in the sense of like, well, then why are you teaching it? I'm teaching through the book of Revelation because I really feel as though with everything going on in our culture, with everything going on in our time, uh, the book ends up being very, very relevant for a few different ways. One, uh, being, being real, knowing the future um, helps give some context to today. Uh, when you know how things end, uh, it helps you navigate dicey waters today. When you know how to get to the destination, uh, it gives you clarity. And so, yes, the book of Revelation does, uh, it's prophetic. It does give us a lot of insight into things that are on the horizon, things to come. We don't know how soon those things will start or not. Um, but again, knowing the end um, helps you navigate the middle. Um, and so I think that there's a, a benefit, a blessing to that. Um, I know how the story ends. And, and throughout centuries, the book of Revelation has provided uh, that, that encouragement uh, where Christians, especially those that face persecution or face opposition, face cultural uh, trends and, and, and a tsunami of, of sense of, 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 of vitriol, um, again, opposition, persecution, trial, tribulation, uh, you turn to the book of Revelation, you, you read through it, and it's like, well, <laughs> no matter what I'm facing, I, I take great encouragement knowing that God wins in the end. Uh, no matter what I face, God uh, has a future and a hope for me, that there is the promise of heaven, uh, that there will be a day that God wipes away all of our tears. There will be a day where there is no more pain, no more sorrow. Um, these things you can hold on to in the midst of your storm, knowing that, that God has the future in his hands. Knowing the future, you know, it's the book of Revelation is about knowing the one who holds the future. You can know the future, but in knowing the future, you get to know him who holds the future, which is really what the book is all about, is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and I've presented it very much so as being kind of the fifth gospel, uh, that the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, only reveal half of the person, uh, only half the curtain of the, the, in, uh, the individual, the, the personality, uh, the calling, the mission, the, the, the manifesto of Jesus is seen. Uh, yes, in the gospels, Jesus donned a crown of thorns, but he will return... <laughs> with a crown of gold. Yes, he entered Jerusalem riding on a, on a colt, on a donkey, uh, but he will return uh, riding on a white stallion as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, though he might have in his first advent been a suffering servant. Uh, Jesus willingly laid down his life, but he will valiantly take uh, and judge. He came as a savior, but he will come as a judge. Again, just it, it completes our, our perspective of Jesus. Now, I, I say all that, to say that I'm at the end of this 30-week series, the book of Revelation unique uh, in the sense that it is the only book of the Bible that provides a blessing. Did you know that, Craig? Did you know that the, the book of Revelation is the only book of the Bible that provides a blessing? In what way? Well, right from the beginning. Jesus said in the third verse, and then it gets reiterated at the end. Jesus said, blessed are those uh, who, who read and who hear and who keep the words of the prophecy of this book. Uh, Jesus, right from the beginning, says there is a blessing 
to anyone that will read it. <laughs> Again, you don't even have to study it. There's a blessing in reading. And then there's a blessing in hearing. Uh, no doubt Jesus speaking to uh, the way that the book would be applied uh, uh, ecclesiastically. That this John receiving a revelation, that this would be then sent to the churches. It would be read in the church. So the reader, the, the pastor would be edified, would be blessed. Those listening would receive a blessing. And then those who keep the words of the prophecy of the book or who cherish it, who appreciate it, who, who guard it, safeguard it, would receive a blessing. So it's the only book that, re- that promises a blessing for those that just read it. Right, where the, where the book itself provides the blessing, as opposed to reading a book that tells you to be meek and then being meek and getting a blessing. Exactly. It is also, by the way, a book, the only book that provides a warning. You know, to anyone that would maybe add or take away <laughs> from the words of the book of this prophecy, God says that all the things, all the, the, you know, all the judgments would be applied to that individual. Very unique book. What, what I have been blown away by, and this kind of sets the stage for the remainder of today's uh, episode of the Outlaw Radio Show, uh, is I've been blown away by the presentation that we find in the book of Revelation of heaven. Um, of our future reality, the reality, the life that exists for all of those after death. Uh, the book of Revelation presents very clearly um, what happens after death for those who have died rejecting Jesus, rejecting his offer of salvation. Uh, the Bible's very clear, the book of Revelation, very clear. Additionally, uh, what our life will look like after death. And it blows my mind, and the reason that I think it's so relevant is how culturally speaking, within our society, within Christianity, how so few people actually know what their life will look like after death. So that's what we're going to talk about. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. One of the most important visions of the Outlaw Radio Show is our desire to challenge you to think critically, ask relevant questions, and then pursue answers on your own. The sad reality is many Christians fail to reflect Christ because they don't know what they believe or why they believe what they do. This is why, in addition to the Outlaw Radio Show tackling tough topics you might not hear at church, it is our desire to equip, inspire and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this important process, we want you to check out blueletterbible.org. It would be an understatement to say that this website will transform the way you study the Bible. In fact, it will revolutionize it. Aside from their treasure trove of free online commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it super simple to dive into the original language behind a text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of scripture and in the process, learn and grow, we encourage you to check out blueletterbible.org today. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. So the the premise of today's episode really builds upon uh, the fact that I'm at Calvary 316 finishing up, I'm wrapping up a 30-week study, uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the book of Revelation. And um, in this particular pass through the book, uh, while it is absolutely true that everything about the book intends to reveal uh, more to the individual of the person, the ministry, the heart of Jesus Christ, which is why the book uniquely presents a blessing for those that read, for those that hear, for those that keep it. And we cherish the book of Revelation. 
Uh, for without it, our understanding of Jesus would be very limited. It would be actually, I would go so far as to say, uh, incomplete. What I want to spend today, though, focusing on is what we learn about the afterlife. And Creighton, I, I will say right from the, 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 the jump here, I hate the phrase, the afterlife. Why? I hate the phrase, the afterlife, because it implies an end to life. Like, that they're, like well, what comes after my life? The answer is nothing. Uh, your life continues. Like, your life doesn't stop at all. Like, again, the idea of, of, of kind of the branding, the phraseology, the, the afterlife implies like that there is some kind of just really transcendent mystical experience, something that is very different than the present reality that we're in. Now, it's true uh, that heaven, eternity, the things that the book of Revelation presents that are, on our, are in our future are, are, are very different. They're not as different, though, uh, than our present life, and we're going to get into that. So I, I really hate the, I, the, the phrase, the afterlife, because it, it somehow implies the end of life, which, again, I, I think is, is misleading. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. The, the better phraseology, the better phrase that I think articulates more of, of what the Bible's position happens to be is, is what our, our, our life after death looks like. Again, the continuation of life after this kind of seminal moment where, where we end this kind of physical reality and we enter into another one. Like, there, there's, no, there's no end to, to your life. Uh, there's a transformation into a new life, a new existence, uh, very much determined by the decisions you make in this one. And so I, I think right from the beginning, that, that is a, a point of clarity that I need, to, I need to articulate. The other thing, the other thing that drives me nuts, and I'm going to rant for just a moment, if that's okay. Absolutely. I mean, you're not, you're not completely uh, uh, immune to a, a quick rant. I've been listening to them for 28 years from you, not from other people. From me. I appreciate that. So, and I'm not going to name a book, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to call out someone or a little kid or a movie. Um, but, but we, we, we have had this kind of fascination, uh, recently within Christian culture of, uh, of individuals who, who die, whether it's a car accident or, uh, they end up drowning or whatever it happens to be. And again, I don't want to get overly specific. Because I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, you know, call out anyone in particular. I'm just more of making a generalization. That you end up with people who, who quote unquote die, and uh, they're they're gone. They're flatlined for a, a a brief period of time. Again, it has to be brief because you go too long, your brain's dead. Um, you can only go without oxygen for so long. So whether it's 90 seconds. Uh, a couple minutes, like again, you're not, you're not, you're not going to come back from being gone, flatlined for too long. Um, but what you end up having, and we've had this phenomenon uh, of late, of individuals who have had such an experience where they flatlined, and and then they, you know, the boom, they get the paddles, but boom, boom, they come back, and and then they they start saying, "Wow, um, over that period of time, um, I went to heaven," and. And let me tell you about everything that I saw in heaven. Um, in fact, I'm, gonna, I'm going to make a book and sell it for $19.99 that you can get on Amazon for me to tell you all about heaven. Um, or we're going to make a movie out of it so we can get rich off of it. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily, again, 
bagging on anyone in particular, nor, nor am I trying to discredit their, their, their unique experience or what that happened to be. Um, but what I am saying is that the only person, you know, so, so the, really there's only two people that we could say for sure died, um, saw heaven, came back to life, and, and told us about it. Uh, and we say we only know two for sure because the Bible confirms their story, uh, and it being the authoritative, inspired word of God, we, we could take it as the truth that that actually happened. For those um, in, in cold, like we don't know exactly what happened, but, but I can say the two people for sure. Uh, one of them is Jesus, which we'll get to in a minute. The other one happens to be the Apostle Paul. And in the book of Acts, and we think this happened to be in an experience where he gets taken, I think it's outside of the city of Iconium. He gets stoned. Uh, and, and Paul says that he was left as dead. A lot of people think he died and then was resurrected to life and walks back in. But Paul, he ends up telling, uh, writing, uh, that he was caught up into the third heaven, which is a reference of the, the, the presence of God, what we consider to be the heavenlies, heaven. And it was there... Um, that he witnessed things that were so incredible, so amazing, so awesome, that um, it would be wrong, it would be a disservice for him to even attempt to put the, the things that he saw into, into words because the human language is not equipped to be able to effectively articulate the things that he saw. And Paul w was equipped with Koine Greek, which is probably the, the most beautiful expanse of language uh, ever devised, ever created. So Paul, we know, went to heaven. And what he said is like, wow, what I saw, not even going to try to tell you. Now, Paul was not one of those guys that was like lacking for words. You know what I mean? Like, like Paul you, never ran into a topic he didn't have a lot to say about. In very few sentences. Just a lot of a, long a sentences. A lot of long run-on sentences. I mean, Paul, Paul was known to bloviate. Oh, you want me to talk about that? I can talk about it. I will write a whole letter about it. No problem. And yet when it came to heaven, he's like, yeah, I'm out. Like I got, like, I can't, I mean, there's so much I saw, so much I would love to articulate, so much I would love to relay. I just, bro, I can't do it. it I just wouldn't even be doing it service. And you're like, uh, you just could have just kept it to yourself, Paul, at that point. And, and yet I think he does something helpful for us because Paul, he's like, like what I saw of heaven, um, like, even if I attempted to put it into words, it would be so woefully incomplete and inadequate. It's not even worth my time or wasting your time, which then makes me very suspect of the people that are like, yeah, I saw heaven and I know Paul couldn't put it into words, but I'm a nine year old and I got it. <laughs> um, again, I, I just think is uh, if you want to buy the books, want to watch the movies, go for it. Just know uh, that, that, that Paul couldn't write the book, nor could he. Uh, compose the movie. Now, that is not to say that the Bible doesn't have a ton to say about our life after death. Um, Jesus, again, the other person who died, you know, who was alive, died, and then seen alive again, uh, which normal people don't do that. Uh, you know, the resurrection, Jesus, again, seen alive, seen dead, seen alive again by over 500 witnesses adds much credibility to then what, everything he wants to say about what the other side looks like what life after death uh, looks like he happens to be the only person with any credibility because he was there he um, built it he, he he built it he authored it um he's still there building it 
Um, again, uh, one of the craziest things, the, the idea of the resurrection is what sets Jesus apart from any other uh, world religion or religious leader because uh, no one had the audacity to just kind of base everything that they said off of like one miracle. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to die and then I'm going to, I'm going to rise from the dead three days later. And if I don't, you can just discredit everything I said. But if I do, then everything that I said is true again. Um, pretty bold by Jesus. Now, again, the book of revelation, what I love about this trap, this time traveling through it again, this perspective, this view of future things, the, uh, the book of revelation has a ton of say about what our life after our death looks like. It's astounding. It's amazing. Um, and, and in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's earth-shattering to me. Um, I, I, will, I will just kind of tease the way that this all, that's, this all looks, is that, is that the book of Revelation, in, in the last few chapters, presents an idea that creating your life and my life physically on this earth that we will spend vastly more time on this earth alive after we die than we will beforehand. Like, that's a trippy idea. Like, if we get, like, at, at the utmost 80 or so years, the Bible is saying that, yeah, when you die, um, there's going to come a day that you're going to spend a, a thousand years in a glorified body on this earth. Like, that that's a... Like, we don't talk within the church about what life after death really looks like. You start asking people, even Christians, what, it, what, is, okay, what does heaven look like? You know, like the, the number one thing you'll get from folks, like the number one characteristic. I, I'll just throw it out there. You want to take a guess? Uh, the streets of gold. Boom, streets of gold. Like, I don't know, I don't know why, why that ends up being like everyone's go-to, but it's like, and heaven... There's going to be streets of gold. And it's like, I don't actually know if that's true. Right, because it doesn't say it's transparent gold. Well, no, no, it's no. it's gold that's no, no. clear like glass or something. No, which would be like an incredible carrot, an incredible weight of gold. Like, like there's a whole thing about gold being so pure that it could be clear. That, you know, neither here nor there. But, and it, like, the streets of gold are not in heaven. The streets of gold happen to be in what's called the new heaven and new earth specifically applied to a city known as the new jerusalem it's in the new jerusalem that you have streets of gold heaven and what our first experience will be of life after death there aren't streets of gold like again like we, we misapply so much of, of what we think of heaven so what i want to do with the, with the rest of the episode is I want to just like systematically walk through what our life after death will look like, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue this thought. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams and Creighton Vaughn. We want to encourage you to subscribe to the Outlaw Radio Podcast. You can find the Outlaw Radio Podcast on any platform where you listen to podcasts. And we would also encourage you to check out the Outlaw Radio Facebook page, Twitter feed, and especially the YouTube channel. The Outlaw Radio Show is streamed live on YouTube every week. So please check out those places where you can find more about the Outlaw Radio Show. And don't go anywhere. Zach and Creighton will be back in a moment with more on the Outlaw Radio Show. 
This is the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams and Creighton Vaughn. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams. I am joined, as I am every week, by Creighton Vaughn. Creighton, welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. Hello. So you are currently manning the live stream of the recording of what people are listening to if they're just listening on radio or the podcast. I am doing my best. And we live stream on two different platforms. What ha- what are those? And when, when, do, when can people uh, join us? Yeah, so we live stream on Wednesday nights. It starts at 8 p.m. sharp. I am very diligent about getting us to start at 8 p.m. Very much so. Um, it goes live on YouTube and Facebook. Um, we have the comment section there, in case you didn't hear that earlier, where you can talk back to us if you have a question about what we said or a comment or a concern. Uh, just following up on what Creighton said, if you'd like to join us on our live stream uh, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m., uh, facebook.com slash the radio outlaw, or you can join us on YouTube. Our YouTube channel is outlawradio.live. So again, I'm teaching through the book of Revelation, been blown away uh, by the details that are provided about what our life after death will look like. Now, I want to go ahead and parse that not everyone's life after death will be the same. Um, In fact, uh, there are two very radically different realities based upon decisions that you make in this life. If you accept Jesus as your Savior, therefore your sin has been atoned for on the cross of Calvary, then your life after death will look one way, which we'll get to. But if you reject Jesus' offer of salvation, choosing to instead remain in your sins, then the Bible is clear that upon your death, yes, you will awaken to a reality, but that reality will be a place of torment, not hell. It won't be hell. It will be a place known as Hades. Think of it as as a holding tank, a holding place. It's a place where those who die in their sins because they rejected Jesus' offer uh, to pay their sins for them, they go to Hades. They're sent there, a place um, of punishment, of torment, but but a a place in which you're waiting for a a day of judgment. Uh, That day of judgment uh, will come many years down the road. In fact, um, it is at a minimum 1,007 years from today. That's the, the math being equated by the rapture happening right now. At the end of what's known as the millennial reign of Christ, following the final rebellion of the world against the reign of Jesus, we're told that it is at that point that Hades, all of these people that have died rejecting Christ, choosing instead to remain in their sin, they stand before God. On this earth, it's called the second resurrection unto a second death. You're resurrected, you stand before Jesus, and you give an account, and you are judged according to your works. Now, the ultimate condemnation is that you will be sent to hell to pay off the perfect penalty of sin on your own. So if you die rejecting Jesus, your immediate then the moment you die and you awaken, it will be in Hades. And you will wait there until you are presented and brought before Jesus to give an account of your life. 
Your life will then be weighed in the balance and you will be judged accordingly, the great white throne judgment. And as a result, you'll be cast into hell. Now, the idea of being judged according to your works gives at least lends to the notion. And this is consistent with the idea of justice that not everyone's punishment in hell will be the same. It'll be tiered, whether there's a tier to heaven or just your capacity to experience torment will be different. Uh, Hell is a place you don't want to go, but there will be no one in hell that didn't choose to go there. Now, setting that aside, for the believer, for the Christian, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, one of two things is going to happen moving forward. Uh, For probably the vast majority of us, as has been, the Bible says that it's appointed for all men to die once. And more than likely, at some point in time, uh, you will die. You will you will experience a physical death. Again, it's the wages of sin. It is one of the consequences, the byproduct of sin, that there is a physical death. Thus, you can't live eternally in this fallen state. It is the final component to the last manifestation of our salvation. We have been saved. We're being saved. We will be saved. That there's a moment where this, what is corrupt, will take on incorruption that you will experience that final phase of ultimate redemption, that this body marred by sin will give, give way. And then we're immediately transformed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. So whether you experience a, a moment in time, whether it be through death, the natural death, or whether it be through the rapture of the church, which I am a big proponent, believer in, that there is a moment in time that could happen at any moment where The trumpet of God sounds, and Jesus calls the church to heaven. Either way, we're told that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we're talking about what happens after you die, well, the Bible's clear. The moment you die, again, your life doesn't end, and this is not a new beginning. There's a continuation through a transformation. Again, you you start a life after death. You have a life before death that determines what your life after death looks like. We've already addressed what that looks like for the unbeliever. For the believer, the moment you die, you awaken to the presence of God. We would refer to that, I I think, using common terminology as being heaven. Uh, The place that Jesus said, I go to prepare for you. This place where we are in the presence of Jesus. I I believe that that what happens immediately is known as the Bema Seat of Christ. That there is a judgment, not of sin, because our sin's been judged on the cross. There is a judgment of works unto reward. Jesus says that that it's at this point that you want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest, as opposed to depart because I never knew you. So the moment that you die and you awaken to uh, this this life, the life after death, you will stand before Jesus, absent from the bodies, be present with the Lord. And yes, you will give an account of your your life, but it it won't be for sin because your sin's been been paid for. It'll be uh, one of uh, a judgment, not of, of uh, it will be a judgment not of towards punishment, but one of, of accolade, of reward, a glorious time. And it's at that point that you will enter heaven, the presence of God, where you will worship with God, and you will be reconnected with, with the, the loved ones who have gone before, and you'll be able to, to connect with the saints, that great cloud of witnesses. It'll be incredible. So at whatever point that you die or are raptured, that that will be your reality. The Bema Seat of Christ and you will enter heaven. But please understand that that is only a temporary experience. And this is what a lot of people get wrong, but what the book of Revelation very much emphasizes. So whether you died a thousand years ago or you died today or you're raptured, 
whether it's 1,007 years, 2,007 years, 3,007 years, or it just happens to be seven years because you were raptured and a time period known as Great Tribulation begins on the earth. There will be a day, and again, Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 articulates this, a day in the future. So you're in heaven, you've, you've been given reward, the beam of seed of Christ, uh, you're experiencing this reunion with loved ones, you're in the presence of Jesus, uh, there is the, the, the worship around the throne of God, there's the stories that you get from the saints, uh, you have a place to dwell, mansions in heaven, etc. Again, Jesus saying, I, I want to prepare a place. There will be a place for you in the presence of God, where God dwells, where his throne is. But there is a moment, and, and I love the idea of this. So let's say you've been in heaven for, I don't know, a certain period of time. There's this anticipation. If you died, there's an anticipation for the moment where the church, the church where, where Jesus gets the word from the Father and, and the trumpet blasts, and boom, the church uh, enters into heaven. It'll be an awesome time. And you know that seven years from that moment, there is another t- moment in time that's coming on the horizon that's significant. Again, this experience in heaven is but temporary because there is a moment where as these seven years on earth of tribulation begin to wind down, where the armies of the world rallying around the Antichrist and the pro- false prophet have gathered to take on Jesus, there is a moment where heaven, the portal between heaven and earth, is torn apart And Jesus comes back to earth, followed by the armies of heaven, of which you're included. I I love it. And when I was teaching through this, I kind of played on this idea that, like, imagine the moment. Like, you've been enjoying heaven. It's been fun. But then that day comes where, like, everyone gets the word that you need to mount your stallion. And so you do it. Like, you've got your white robe, again, in glory. And you mount your horse. And you're like, this is cool. At that point, you're, you're looking around, like, blown away by how many horses are in heaven, which is cool that there's animals in heaven. And you see Jesus up ahead, and you're kind of like, there's full anticipation. And then you see the second coming of Jesus from the earthly perspective, like riding behind the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you come down to earth. And in that moment, you're thinking, wow, what Jesus said that like no flesh would have survived if this has continued. Like the earth is in terrible shape, terrible condition. Jesus, with a word, destroys his enemies. It's not a battle of Armageddon, bad branding. Jesus says the word and everything is handled. And then with Jesus, you come back. Jesus touching down on the Mount of Olives. I would imagine uh, we're touching down around the Galilee. This incredible experience. And, and here we are with Jesus on the earth, back on this earth. And for 30 days, Jesus sets about restoring the earth, this broken planet. He begins to establish his kingdom. He rounds up the elect. I'm running out of time. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue this thought here on the Outlaw Radio Show. Did you know beyond the unique content of the Outlaw Radio Show, Pastor Zach Adams also has an extensive teaching archive available online for free? If you love to study the Bible, we encourage you to check out c316.tv. Currently, Pastor Zach is teaching verse by verse through the Gospel of John, but c316.tv also has video, audio, and sermon notes for the Gospel of Mark, the Book of Acts, Ephesians, Genesis, Philemon, Jonah, Philippians, as well as an in-depth study on the Olivet Discourse and Jesus' seven letters to the churches recorded in Revelation 3 and 4. 
with over 17,000 minutes of expositional Bible teaching and more than 2,775 pages of written sermon transcripts, C316.tv is a must visit for any serious student of the Bible. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I've been teaching through the book of Revelation. And, you know, it really has dawned on me the presentation of our future, of how radically different it is than what we maybe grew up thinking. Kind of the cookie cutter Sunday school understanding of heaven. When you die, if you're a believer, immediately there will be the Bema seat. You're in the presence of Christ. It's not a judgment of punishment, but one of reward. And you will enter heaven. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you. And it'll be awesome because all of the loved ones that have died, you'll be reconciled with. The saints of old, the cloud of witnesses. You know, Creighton, I, I can't wait. Like, of all the Old Testament characters, who can you not wait to have a chit-chat with? Enoch. Enoch is one of them, no doubt. I think Enoch would be a blast to I want to know what happens so bad. Like, right. I want play-by-play. Play. I'd love to talk to Noah. I would love to get, like, a, a good idea of, you know, what he thought rain was because he had never seen it before. Right, that'd be a good one. Like, the disconnect between what rain what he thought it was and what it ended up being, you know, like, <laughs> but how cool it'll be, you know, to be able to, to hear the stories firsthand of the saints of old, to meet Peter and Paul and the apostles, Charles Spurgeon, you know, Martin Luther, again, we'll be in heaven, but that is only temporary. We think of heaven as temporary, which blows my mind because again, we're talking about life after our death. Again, not the end of death is not the end of life. It's the, it's the continuation of life. And there'll be the day that we come with Jesus, that Jesus returns to this earth, puts down the armies of the Antichrist, uh, judges the world of sin, uh, gathers the elect to Jerusalem, those who have survived the, the tribulational period, these seven years. He establishes his kingdom. And, and we're told that we, you and I, will rule and reign on this earth with Jesus for a thousand years. The 144,000 Jewish evangelists who, sur who are sealed, thus surviving the tribulation, those that make it to the cities of refuge survive the tribulation. And, and then we're, we're given the idea uh, by the fact that angels have to be sent on the four corners of the earth to gather the elect, that there will be other people who survive against great odds, not just the, the, the judgments, the wrath of God poured out on the earth, but also the, the persecution initiated by, by the Antichrist. But, but the earth will be repopulated under the reign of Jesus. Jesus uh, will not be omnipresent in that sense. He will be physically in one location. He will be a man on the throne in Jerusalem, ruling and reigning. And as administrators, we will carry forth, uh, we will carry forth his will, his plan, his agenda on the earth. Like, it, it, it's trippy to think we'll spend 80 years of life on this earth before we die. After we die, there is still a moment in time we will spend a thousand years back on this earth. And it'll be cool because we won't be in these bodies. They'll be glorified, which, which is trippy. You know, we I'm don't know be five, six. You, you'll, be, <laughs> you'll be slightly taller than you are now. But no, like, you look at Jesus. Like, you can eat. You can fly. You know, you can teleport. You can work through, you know, go through walls. Like, again, like, like our, our reality will be, will be rad. It'll be cool. There'll be people that'll be getting married and having kids and living to great ages. Again, the millennial reign of Christ is an amazing thing. Uh, life in a utopia, like 
you know, the contrast between uh, life on earth under the reign of Jesus will be in stark contrast to what life was like under the reign and the authority of man. And we will do this for a thousand years. It blew my mind the other night. A few of us were hanging out on the back deck, enjoying a fire. And it was like, guys, you realize that like sometime after we die, that there will be a day we, we could be like right back here, sitting around a fire, talking about like our day, administrating the kingdom. <laughs> like it's a trippy idea, but that is part of our life after death that no one talks about. Like that we will spend more time alive in glory on this earth than we did beforehand. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's mind blowing. Now, again, completing the thought at the end of these thousand years, again, as it's articulated in Revelation 20, Satan has been bound. Doesn't mean that there's not a sin nature. Again, all those who have survived are still being born in Adam, born with a sin nature, but without the tempter. Um, Jesus governs as, as the Prince of Peace, as the Lord of Lords. And yet, all of those people need an alternative. Like, they've only known life under the reign of Christ. They, they've only known one option. There's been no alternative, no secondary influence. And so that's why at the end of these thousand years, Satan is loose for a season. There's a final rebellion which is amazing to consider. And then there's no conflict. The armies of the world gather and circle the camp of, of the saints, the city of Jerusalem, and fire comes down from heaven. And it's at that point that then there is the great white throne judgment. Again, going back to those who die rejecting Christ, it's at this point you've been in Hades for a thousand plus years. You are now brought before Jesus. You are judged according to your works. And you are given a sentence. There's not a trial You've already been found guilty. It is a sentencing. And then you enter into hell and, and torment forever. For the rest of us, for the Christian, for the follower of Jesus, it's at this point, again, you get to Revelation 21. John says, I saw the former things pass away and a new heaven and a new earth come. And what's crazy is in Isaiah 64, the, the prophet records the Lord saying that, that he would create a new heaven and a new earth. That's the word bara, create, the same word we find in Genesis 1.1. That whereas in the millennial reign, we live on, an earth, on this earth, an earth that was almost completely destroyed by man and the judgments of God, restored though. Um, it was a reclamation project. It's the same earth restored back to its health. And yet, at this point, the, this earth is done away with. And we're ushered into an entirely new creation, a bar up, creating all things out of nothing, a new creation, a new heaven and a new earth. And that word heaven is interesting um, because it gives the idea, oh, well, the, 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 the presence of God. No, no, no. It's, it's literally the sky, a new sky, a new earth, which is crazy that there is a new earth. And then there's this new city, the city, the new Jerusalem that John has taken to a high mountain. We're told that there's no sea on this earth. So we know that about the earth. Um, and he's taken to a high mountain, so we know at least there's one mountain. And then he sees the city descend, the New Jerusalem, which, again, I won't bore you with all the, 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 the details, but if you run through the, the, the very particular description, it, it's a city about 30% larger than the size of the moon coming down from heaven, being placed on the earth. It is a massive structure, which then gives you an idea of how massive the earth is. And, and it's, it's in this city that we will dwell, and it's in this earth that we will inhabit, this incredible new reality. And it's that, that is what we would conceptualize as heaven. That's what we would imagine as heaven. The new Jerusalem is, is, the, is the city in which there is no temple. 
there's no there's no sun or moon that God provides light. That is where we find streets of gold. But again, there's so much life after death that happens before we get to that moment that we don't discuss. I close with this thought. The idea that we'll live here on this earth again after death or the rapture for a thousand years. You know, there are passages of scripture that, that, that it then provides an interesting application to. You know, where we're told that God, th- God works all things for the good, for those who love him, those who called according to his purposes. Sometimes on this, uh, like in this life, we think like, I don't understand how any of this worked for my good. Well, that's only a very small fraction of what your life will be. Like, what if some of your experiences and some of the trials and tribulations, what if some of the things you've gone through now have nothing to do with the 80 years you're here now as a mortal man, but, but rather those things were allowed into your life to prepare you uh, for the thousand years that you'll be ruling and reigning with Christ. It's a, it's a radical notion, isn't it? Yeah, and it's really cool. Very, very cool. Creighton, I, I know you kind of listened more than you talked today. Thanks for being on the show regardless. No, it's fine. This is uh, my favorite kind of episode. Absolutely. Well, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. If you liked what you heard, I want to encourage you to contact your local Christian radio station. Thank them uh, that they're carrying the Outlaw Radio Show in your area. If you're listening on the radio, check out our podcast. Every episode is podcasted. Apple, Google, Spotify. If you're listening radio podcast we live stream the recording of what you're listening to uh, every wednesday night at 8 p.m you can check out the live stream facebook.com slash the radio outlaw or outlawradio.live uh, once again my name is zach adams and i hope you join me this time next week for more of the outlaw radio show been listening to the one and only outlaw radio show with zach adams as mentioned if you like what you heard be sure to connect with us on facebook follow us on twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org to listen again to today's show access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes check out the outlaw radio podcast available on both itunes and google play Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams.
Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions. 